This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 32. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the November monthly roundup episode. So as we do each month, on the end of the month, I go through each of the interviews from that month and talk about my major takeaways, things that I thought were interesting, lessons learned, uh, anything that I thought was uh, worth reiterating and worth uh, discussing a little bit further um, because I really think that each of these interviews usually usually has some important nuggets uh, that you can pull out beyond uh, just you know the general great knowledge that's provided throughout the interview. There's always um, some some I guess a little bit more special pieces that I like to like to reiterate at the end of the month. Um, so first, let's start out with the interview with Wes Pinkston. So Wes was from episode 29, and uh, he is a social media strategist. Um, and Wes shared some of his great tips uh, about growing a social media presence. Um, so one of the things that Wes started out with was he was talking about messaging and how important it was to know what your brand is and what your brand stands for and also know why your audience should care because you need to first understand what your message is before you can really tell anyone else about it. If you're not clear on your message when you're putting things out on social media or putting things out on your blog or really any other platform and uh, you're trying to communicate with your audience, they're not going to be clear with your messages if you're not clear with it is. So first you need to figure out what does my brand stand for? What do I want to be known for? And uh, why, why should my audience care? And then once you answer those questions, you center all your messaging around that, answering, think, thinking about those answers first and then centering uh, all the messages around that. So the message becomes clear to the audience and the audience really knows what your brand is all about and the, the right people will gravitate uh, to that brand, the people that you're they're targeting and the people that will value your company uh, the most. Um, the next thing he talked about was um, the importance of making real connections with people. I think, you know, a lot of times with social media, some people will make real conversations, but a lot of times it becomes kind of like this billboard thing where you just, you know, post content, post content, post content, post pictures, post quotes, whatever, not really thinking about like how to make a real connection and how uh, people will really engage with it. Uh, and so Wes, Wes said that was a big mistake. Uh, and one of the important things to do uh, when you're online is to have a conversation with people just like you would in the real world. Um, so one of the things Wes talked about, uh, he said, you know, post things that you find online that you personally think are interesting and ask people what they think about them. You know, you, you can put out your own opinion and say, hey, you know, do you guys agree with this? Do you disagree? What do you think? Uh, another great tip that he gave was, um, looking at articles that other people on social media have uh, written and posted, reading their article and, you know, just sending them a message and saying, hey, you know, I read your article. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, here's one of mine that I wrote that I think uh, would be relevant and interesting to you, too. Let me know what you think. Um, and just different ways that you can go about getting engagement from people, starting conversations, asking questions, getting engagement, getting uh, just, you know, people to really not just see the things that you're posting, but really wanting to feel like they are building some sort of relationship with you because that's really when uh, the power of social media takes over uh, is when that relationship starts to form. 
Um, the next thing that he talked about was automation. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of automation. I, I use um, a lot of automated tools to schedule out my posts on, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, but I think uh, Wes made a good point uh, in that he was saying that automation a lot of times can take away from uh, your brand because it makes it seem very robotic, you know. At three o'clock, this post goes out and it says this, and at four o'clock, this post goes out and it says that, and it just becomes very stale and not um, not as uh, authentic. Uh, and um, you know that that comes across to the audience. So you know, Wes wasn't necessarily against uh, automation as a whole, but just not having every post automated, really just taking some time to get out there and, and really. Um, writing from the heart. What are you? What are you feeling right now? What are you thinking right now? And sharing that uh, with people, uh, and and you know, waiting for someone to respond so you can respond to them and have a real, real dialogue with them. Uh, it's a little bit harder to do that with automated posts um, because sometimes you may, you know, have a post that goes out. You're not really necessarily expecting um, a response right away, or you don't really know when the response is going to happen, or maybe you even forgot what post is going out. Uh, in the moment, so when someone does respond, you have to go back and, and figure out what uh, what exactly it was that you posted. Um, so I think there's a good it's a good point about about automation and, and thinking how can I incorporate automation in my business so I can save time, but also um, how can I go out there and um, you know be be live and authentic with with my audience and really um, be part of that uh, part of that conversation uh, as a real person and not just as a robot. Um, the next thing that he talked about was the importance of not building your brand completely on social media platforms. Um, you know, as, as we all know, uh, you know, we don't own Facebook, we don't own Twitter, we don't own Instagram. Uh, and also, uh, I mean, a lot of these platforms have been along for, been around for a long period of time, but you know, social media platforms go away or change significantly all the time. So, you know, if you build your brand completely on a social media platform, uh, and that thing goes away or they change significantly from the direction you want your business to go, then your brand goes along with it. So um, Wes advised that you should uh, just use social media as a way to connect with people and to get them to go back to your blog um, because that's something that some real estate that you own and something you can have uh, full control over. Um, Wes also said that people need to stop being so self-conscious about the things that they're posting and overthinking uh, what they're going to post. And I, I agree with that because... I do think that I, I find myself doing that same thing where I, I sit back and I think think so much about is this the perfect thing to post? Is the right thing to post? You know, I have 140 characters on Twitter. Like, how you know how can I make the most out of my tweet? And I think you know overthinking it um, it takes away from what people really like most about you on social media, and that's your personality, you being yourself, um, and not you know being overly concerned about manufacturing a statement that um, that is going to be received uh, in a particular way. Uh, so next uh, was uh, Amanda Goldman Petrie from episode 30. Uh, and Amanda is the marketer extraordinaire from marketlikeanerd.com. Uh, and Amanda, uh, you know, she's super successful. You know, she made hundreds of thousands of dollars online through her coaching services and her product launches. Uh, and she came on to share her four-step process for building a sustainable business uh, during our interview. Uh, and I also want to talk a little about Amanda's story because, you know, Amanda, uh, as as many of us have, has gone through a lot of trauma. But you know, hers was was really really significant. And you know, the thing about her her story that was interesting was that her trauma uh, caused her to really question everything that she had been doing uh, so far in her life. 
Um, she realized that she was making a lot of decisions based on what her family and friends and other people around her in society uh, wanted her to do. And she really wasn't living a life according to what she wanted to do. Um, and uh, she she had a traumatic accident. Uh, and when she was in the hospital, she, she just decided to uh, to give all that up. She quit school. She quit her job. She decided, I want to have a different type of life, a different type of business. So she she decided to set up her own business, and she's been super successful from that. And I, I really like that because I think, uh, unfortunately, sometimes it takes something traumatic like that to happen in our lives for us to really start thinking, like, what do I really want to spend my time to do? Like, if this was, you know, the last year I had left on Earth, which you never really know when that's going to be, like, would I still be doing the thing I'm doing now? Um or would I make uh, steps to go toward toward something else? Um, so I'm 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 glad that Amanda was able to make that pivot uh, and really build a successful business. And she shares uh, the steps that she went through to do that. Um, so she said that um, the first thing uh, that any person who is thinking about going into business uh, needs to do is to get out of debt. Um, and I know a lot of people have different philosophies about this. Some people think, you know, if you're in debt, the quickest way to get out of debt is maybe to go further in debt, right? Buy a coaching package from someone who can help you set up a business and make more money and, and use that money that you make, additional money that you make to uh, pay off your debt. But Amanda has a different philosophy and her philosophy is that um, if you're in debt, uh, you're going to be very desperate to make money. Uh, and that desperation is going to cause you to skip important steps uh, because you need the money quickly and you may think that you don't have time to do everything the right way or you may think that there are certain steps that someone's teaching you um, to do that you may think are not necessary because you're so desperate to make money quickly uh, and that kind of clouds your judgment. So her advice was the first step is not even to set up a business yet but focus on uh, figuring out how to get out of debt, how to um, do that as quickly as possible so that you can get to the next stage. Uh, and the next stage is to start making money. Uh, and she advised that the quickest way to start making money, if you if you have a business, if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to do, some sort of service, um, the quickest way to start making money with that is to set up a one-on-one coaching program. Uh, so, uh, and, and basically what she, she advised that people do uh, is to sell people into that program by getting them on the phone uh, and reaching out to people whether on social media and in Facebook groups uh, in different areas to get them to uh, give you their contact information so you can get them on the phone uh, and sell them into one of your one-on-one coaching packages. And you want to focus on making, uh, building your business until you can get about $5,000 a month. Um, the next stage uh, is that you want to start making consistent money. So once you start making money online, you want to figure out how to maximize maximize that. So the first step is to sell out that one-on-one coaching program. Then once a one-on-one coaching program is sold out, then you move on to group coaching. And then once your group coaching program is sold out, um, hopefully at that point, uh, you've done everything you can to maximize your business and you're, you're shooting for a goal of five to $10,000 a month or beyond. Um, and then once you've reached that, that, that level, more than likely, um, once your one-on-one coaching program and your group coaching program have sold out and you've been making that kind of money, you're, you're probably pretty burnt out. You probably kind of maximize the hours that you have uh, left in the week and there's no more time left to, to build your business. Uh, and so at this point, this is when you move into stage four, which is the balanced entrepreneur. Uh, and in, to get to the balanced entrepreneur, um, what you do is start automating your business. 
I guess the next step in that process of automation would be incorporating technology. So uh, selling your products through evergreen webinars instead of actually getting people on the phone and selling them that way uh, and creating an online course uh, that doesn't require a lot of your personal touch. Um, so that way you can still sell products, uh, you can still make income, but you don't have to be as physically involved in the business and you can scale uh, a lot easier and a lot quicker at that point. So I like those four stages that Amanda outlined. Uh, I think that they are um, really, really good and really, really useful um, ways of thinking about business because I think if you don't have a clear plan like that of knowing how do you go from step one to step two to step three to step four, um, a lot of people get lost in not knowing what to do next, uh, not knowing really how to how to um, focus their attention and focus their energy. What should I be paying attention and what should I be focusing on my energy on right now? Um, and I think Amanda's uh, four-step process and four-step system uh, really um, provides a, a, a great way of, uh, of going about uh, the whole process of, of building your business and focusing on what's important um, and, and kind of just blocking out and forgetting about everything else until you um, are able to get get past that that thing that next thing you think is important um so next up was dusty porter from episode 31 so dusty is the owner of youtube uh the youtube channel technology guru that uh, has over 115,000 subscribers which is crazy um he also has three podcasts podcasters unplugged the uh online business realm and youtube creators hub um, and each of those podcasts, you know, they do really well. Dusty has a great, uh, great, great speaking voice. Uh, he's really entertaining in his, in his YouTube videos. It really is, is also very entertaining in his podcasts, uh, which is evident, um, by, you know, the number of subscribers that he has with his YouTube channel and how his, his podcasts are steadily growing. But, um, with that, you know, Dusty gave us a lot of good advice for anyone to start a YouTube channel because YouTube is a hard nut to crack. A lot of people, um, fall flat on their face. Uh, and the other thing about Dusty's advice that I liked is that it wasn't just specific to YouTube. It can kind of really be applied to um, a lot of different areas related to online business. Uh, so the first thing that he, that he advised was that in all the content that you create, um, you make it evergreen content. So content that you create today and is still relevant six years from now, a year from now, you know, uh, I mean, six months from now, six months from now, a year from now, um, you know, five years from now, because if you create content that's, let's say, newsworthy content, right? It's 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 exciting and it's interesting, but you know, and the, tomorrow it's old news and no one cares about it anymore. So you have to continually make uh, a lot more content. And some people are really interested in that. And if that's what you want to do, then that's perfectly fine. If you're, you know, really into sports or really into following the stock market or, um, really into, um, you know, as I described, you know, politics or things that are, that are more, um, current events related, um, then you can definitely go that route, but it requires a lot more work. But if you want to have something that is, um, a lot more sustainable, and that you can leverage uh, into the future. Evergreen content is really the way to go. So um, in, in, the, in the YouTube space, um, Dusty started out creating uh, interesting how-to videos. And you know, people love how-to how videos because people are always asking themselves questions like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And YouTube is a great place to figure out how to do um, pretty much anything you want. So 
um, the how-to videos are are very popular because people are always looking for, looking for them and they're very relevant because usually whatever you're trying to learn how to do doesn't change that much. Um, the thing, the other thing, a good point that Dusty made was if for whatever reason you make a video, let's say you're demonstrating how to do a software and there's a software update, all you need to do at that point is create a new video with the update. Uh, updated information and then link that to the old video so that then your old video is still relevant and the new video is relevant as well uh, and then that way you can continually have evergreen content uh, and just make you know tweaks and updates here and there when you find out about um, significant changes uh, to any uh, particular uh, how-to video that 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 you've made that needs to be um, provided to the audience in order for it to still be relevant uh, the other thing that Dusty talked about that I thought was really, really important uh, and relevant for uh, anyone creating uh, a business online is the importance of being patient. Um, a lot of people uh, will start a blog or a YouTube channel or a podcast, uh, and they expect immediate results. You know, they want to see you know subscribers right away, and they they create this these great YouTube videos and they put them up there and there's crickets. No one's watching their videos except for their mom and no one's listening to their podcast except for their, you know, best friends. And, um, you know, no one's reading their blog right away. And then a lot of people, you know, they, they'll try it out for, you know, a month or so and not really see the traction that they want to see. And they, and they, and they give up. Um, but you know, we live in a very, very crowded marketplace. I mean, YouTube and, you know, the blogosphere and, um, podcasting. Uh, and I know, if, you know, that seems like a lot of time, but I think that that's really what it takes. It takes, you know, putting out consistent content, um, putting out stuff that people are going to find relevant because slowly but surely people will find your content and they'll share it with their friends and they'll share it with, you know, other people that they, that they are connected with. Um, and then that audience will slowly grow. And a lot of times it'll grow when you're not even, you're not even expecting it, you know, Dusty talked about uh, in the interview how he had a podcast, which, um, you know, he kind of forgot about, you know, he, he put out a lot of content. He kind of forgot about it because he didn't really think uh, much traction was happening with it, but he didn't take it down. Uh, he left it up there. And then a year later, when he went back to look at it, he realized that he had a lot of subscribers. A lot of people were, were you know, listening to it and asking him, hey, where's the ne- when's the next episode? Um, so I, you know, I think that that sort of thing is cool. And I think when you create content, you kind of never really know when it's going to catch on. You never really know when people are going to decide like, this is really interesting and I really want to follow it. I mean, I think back to, you know, stories of, uh, famous artists such as Vincent Van Gogh or, you know, other, you know, musicians who, um, weren't necessarily famous during their lifetime. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of artists, um, didn't really become famous until after they died, but but it's like now they're internationally known because sometimes it takes time for the public to catch on to how good your content is. So uh, I really like Dusty's advice about being patient, being willing to work for at least six to twelve months uh, before you expect to see any traction, and just keep plugging away, um, regardless of you know what your download numbers are like, what your subscribing numbers are like, what your you know blog visits are like. And, uh, you know, doing it anyway, just having faith that, you know, eventually um, the subscribers, the, you know, readers, the downloads, listeners, those sort of things will come. Uh, They will come with time. Um, And um, I think that, uh, you know, of course it can be discouraging in the beginning, but, you know, it's kind of all just part of the process. Uh, So it's just something important that you need to be prepared to do. Another thing that was that was interesting is uh, our conversation kind of took another turn where Dusty was talking about 
some activities that he uh, makes money with um, that are a little bit different than, um, I guess, what you would typically expect. Uh, And one of those things was voice acting. Uh, And so Dusty was talking about how uh, he uh, became a voice actor basically because he was doing YouTube videos. And on these YouTube videos, uh, companies decided to reach out to them because they reached out to him because they liked the way that he was, um, I guess, presenting the products. And so they would ask him to do, to read some, uh, you know, copy for them. And then he started to realize, Hey, I have a talent for this. Let me, you know, get a voiceover coach and, and start to, to dig into this a little bit more. And I'm personally interested in voiceover. Um, so I really like, I thought that was an interesting part of the conversation and really voiceover is a, is another, you know, internet business because, I mean, in this day and age, all you really need um, is to create a home studio, um, which you can really, really do pretty inexpensively nowadays. Get, you know, get a microphone, get some uh, recording software for your computer, um, you know, understand what you're doing to make sure you can make high quality audio. Um, And then, you know, uh, with sites like Voices123 and Voices.com, you can find uh, voiceover jobs online and because so much is done through with the internet, you can find clients really all over the world. You don't even have to worry about your local market. You can find um, people, you know, in different parts of your country or, or, or even in different countries. Um, and, uh, and and work is definitely out there. So if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I would definitely check out the episode um, that Dusty was on, episode 31 of the podcast, uh, to, to uh, learn more about uh, doing voiceover because that's definitely a an interesting aspect of, uh, of online, online business. And I've, I've been seeing a lot of people going that direction and taking advantage, um, of those opportunities. Um, the last thing that Dusty talked about that I thought was important, um, was he said it's important to spend some money, uh, to make your product look, uh, sound and feel professional. Um, even when you're starting out, you want to make sure that you're, you're giving a good impression, uh, to your potential audience. You don't want, um, you don't want to be out there and people think that, I don't know, like you don't care, right? It's poor. You have poor quality videos that you're putting up on YouTube or poor quality audio that you're putting up on YouTube or poor quality audio in your podcast. And even if your content's good, if the quality is poor, um, it's going to be very distracting. And in addition to that, it makes it look unprofessional. So, you know, spend some money. Get it, get, make some quality videos, make some quality audio, get a quality logo, you know, make a quality, uh, intro. Uh, if you have a blog, you know, buy a premium theme, uh, just do those things to just make your business look and feel more professional. And, uh, when the audience comes and when people, people look at it, I mean, those things do matter. And I think it'll help, um, significantly, uh, when, when you're trying to grow your business. Uh, so those are my takeaways for the month. I hope you, uh, hope you got some, some uh, interesting things from that, uh, and uh, I definitely did. I, I got a lot from the the interviews this month, and I really enjoyed the the guests that we had on the show. Uh, so, as usual, I want to thank you for listening, uh, and you can check out the show notes uh, for this episode and all prior episodes and episodes in the future uh, by going to my site at internetballers.com. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, shoot me an email at Michael. Uh, Michael at internetballers.com and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have Uh, and uh, I wish you a uh, great month uh, and uh, tune in next week for uh, for the next episode so with that I'll uh, be signing off and happy marketing 
Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.